The, uh, I want you to go to um, James, James chapter 1, James chapter 1. We'll check into that. I checked the batteries before we got started, but I don't think that's it because it would show at least a red light, but it's not showing any light at all right now, so something's uh, malfunctioning. In James chapter 1, verse 12. Now, this morning, what I want to do is uh, hopefully this will be the most encouraging sermon that I can possibly preach about sin. Uh, now, this is not encouraging you to sin, but it's a, hopefully it'll be an encouraging sermon about sin. And so, um, uh, and, and I really do uh, mean that. I, bl I believe, you know, God showed me a little bit of a, a truth that I, I think if, if there's anything about sin that can be encouraging, I think before we're finished today, uh, maybe we'll see this and it'll be encouraging to us. But in James chapter 1, verse 12, it says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless this morning. Holy Spirit of God, God, my mind, my thoughts, and Lord, help me to be an encouragement, a blessing, and, and Lord, help us to see uh, this, this incredibly dangerous thing called sin. Uh, Lord, I pray that you please uh, guide our minds, and Holy Spirit, I yield myself to thee, and, and, and Lord, I ask you to wrap your arms around this place one more time as a hedge of protection, and Lord, that you'd protect us from the evil one that would try to steal away the truth. Lord, please bless us now. In Jesus' name, amen. We're just talking about, uh, the, initially, just talking about this thing called sin. Sin is dangerous, and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm afraid I'm going to tend to walk away from this, uh, this pulpit, but, but uh, hopefully uh, you'll be able to hear me. But sin is dangerous. Sin is deceptive. Sin is destructive. You know, the, in this world that we live in where we want to just uh, kind of be blind to sin, we've got to understand that it still exists, and it's dangerous, it's deceptive, and it's destructive. And so just the fact, you know, sometimes I tell people, you know, the way you live is that you, you think you could walk out here into Kirby as this six-lane road out here, and as long as you don't look either way, then there's nothing coming. That's the way we live about sin. You know, I'm not going to look, so if I don't look, there's nothing coming. Well, let me just help you. Do that just more than once. If you make it once, you're going to do good. But more than once, you're going to get killed. That's right. Okay? Because there is something coming, whether we want to believe it or not. I did it really. I was chasing a guy when I was uh, in college. I, I was, uh, I, my job, I had a tough job when I was in college up in, in Bible college. I caught shoplifters. And, uh, and, and one time, uh, one of them, uh, another guy went to stop him, and he ran out the door, ran past this guy, and he ran out the door, and he ran. And so the, the guy that was trying to stop him, he was kind of big and kind of heavy. He was, he was a state police officer, but on the side, he did this, this job. And, uh, and so he, um, uh, he wasn't going to run him down. So I, I took off out the door chasing this guy who was just a, you know, probably 17, 18-year-old guy. And he, and he took off across the parking lot, and I took off across the parking lot after him. And he just darted right out into just like uh, a road just like Kirby. It's called Torrance Avenue. And he just 
Five o'clock traffic, never slowed down, never looked. He just booked across it. And, and, uh, and I, you know, I, back in that day, my brain was kind of uh, dead. And uh, so I just took off after him and never looked myself. I mean, if he made it, I figured I could make it. And, uh, and I never slowed up. I just ran right straight across that traffic. It's a miracle that we didn't get killed. Well, we ran across there. It was an open field. He ran, made a big circle in the open field, came right back to the highway there and ran right back across it again. And I never slowed up, ran right back. Five o'clock traffic. I know people are thinking these, these guys are crazy. And how we made it is just a miracle of God. It really is. Uh, you know, he eventually, he didn't go back across. He ran down the parking lot, down to past a restaurant, into some woods, and he didn't know that there was a, the little Calumet River in there. And he took off in there, and th that guy, he, I don't know if he meant to, but he ran right down the bank to the river. And, and I watched a whole lot of cowboys, so I ran along the top of the bank, and I dove off of the bank and caught him and knocked him into the river and pulled him out. <laughs> yeah. Amen. <laughs> And he'd stolen about a dollar and fourteen cents, and so it's crazy. But but uh, hey, if you want some stories? I got a bunch more of them I can tell you. But uh, sin is deceptive. It's destructive. It conquers strong men. You know, a lot of people think that you know, they think, oh, it, that I can I can go there and it won't affect me. No, it conquers strong men. It, it, it deceives intelligent women. You know, that sin, really, its great objective with a, with a woman, no matter how intelligent you are, is his objective is to deceive you. And, and it, uh, it misleads the young, misleads the young by convincing them, that, you know, that I can get away with this. It's not going to affect me. It, it, uh, it can subtly consume the elderly. You know, the truth is we can get to an age where we just think, I don't have to worry about it. You know, guess what? Until you take your last breath, you've got to worry about it. Sin is not omnipotent, but sin knows the weaknesses of man, and sadly, sin has been victorious over man. Now, sin has destroyed relationships. It has caused marriages to disintegrate. It has caused churches to dissemble. It has caused men to lose their jobs and families to lose their homes. It has caused men and women to turn from God in despair and regret. Sin's pretty, pretty powerful. Sin is not omnipotent, but sin is, in fact, almost omnipresent in mankind. And I'm going to explain that in just a minute. Where can you go to hide from sin and temptation? You know, sometimes we try to do this. Some try to escape. Some, some in communes. Some take sabbaticals. Some flee to foreign lands. Some live as a hermit in the woods. But can I tell you, you can't escape sin. Yet sin is still present with them even though they try to hide from it. Sin is in our homes. It's at our work. It's at our church. Uh, it, it's, it's with us on vacation. Sin is with us on, in our conversation. Sin presents itself to our eyes and our ears. Sin confronts us with a, with a touch or even a smell. And we've got to be keenly aware of sin and its ways how is it that sin is omnipotent yet conquers? It is not omnipotent yet conquers. 
How is it that sin is not omniscient, yet it seems to know our thoughts and our desires? How is it that sin is not omniscient, and I'm not present, yet seemingly is ever present in our lives? And there's just one little word that we read in here uh, that tells us why sin is always there. Uh, Sin is always with us, and we can't hide from sin, and it's one little word. It's called lust. You see, the scripture says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So often we want to excuse our sin or to blame others for our sins or even redefine sin. Clearly, God says that no man can blame God for their sin, so you cannot blame your circumstances of life for your sin. The the Lord makes very clear that our sin is our fault. Sin is the result of our lust. Amen. You understand? We think, you know, know, like Flip Wilson, the devil made me do it. We got like three people to understand that one. Yes. Now, the fact is, is the devil really didn't make us do it. Notice God says we are drawn away of our own lust. James clearly tells us earlier in the chapter that we all must face trials for our good, but we must never use those trials as an excuse for sin. That's right. Amen. There's a whole generation of Christians that are uniting with the world while blaming their parents and leaders for mistreating them. If it were true, this does not give anyone the right to allow bitterness to consume them. Even if it's really true that they've been hurt, even if it's really true that somehow they've been mistreated, that does not give us a right to sin. It does not give them the right to mistreat others or, more importantly, mistreat God and his word. There's a whole generation that claims to be hurt by the generation before them, so they turn their backs on modesty and purity and glorify sensuality, promiscuity, and lasciviousness. You may truly have been hurt, but does not give you the right to become God in your life. You see, that's what sin really wants us to do. It wants us to become, y'all folks, look at me. Please listen to me. It's so important where we're headed this morning. I want you to get this. It's so vital that we understand what's going on as sin attacks us. You might have been hurt, but it does not give you the right to become God in your life. You see, this philosophy that someone hurt me, therefore all will hurt me, leads to the belief that God cannot protect you, so you must protect yourself. You see, what we're into is this environment, the society that that says, look, I'm going to do what I need to do to take care of me. There's a God that can take care of you. And you know how he takes care of you? He takes care of you by giving you the ways in which to battle sin. This is much of what we go through in life for the very things that God uses to build us. Deuteronomy 12, 2 says, Thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness. And listen to me. He led them all through these 40 years in the wilderness. He went through all of this. They went through all these trials. They went through all this hardship. And why? To humble thee, to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldst keep his commandments or no. God said, the whole reason you're going through this is I'm trying to humble you and see whether you're going to obey me or not. So much of Christianity today has nothing to do with obedience toward God. That's right. Amen. 
But it really does. God still says, a lot of the things you're going through, I'm trying to get you to the point where you'll say, God, I'll humble myself and I will obey you. Now the real problem, James chapter 1 verse 14. James chapter 1 verse 14 says, Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. God says, it's not my fault. You see, God says, it's not his fault. That's what he tells us in his word. When he says this, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Before this, God says, God doesn't tempt you with evil. God said, this is not my fault. Look, when you sin, don't blame it on God. God says, watch this now, God says it's not Satan's fault. We want to blame Satan for it, but it's not Satan's fault. God says, it's not, watch this, it's not sin's fault. It's not my environment's fault. It's not my family's fault. It's not the fault of hurt or mistreatment. Watch this now, you know what births sin? Me, my lust, my lust brings sin to life in my life. The true source of sin is the lust in a man's heart. And you said, Brother Hooker, I thought this was going to be an encouraging sermon. It will, the very last part of it. (laughs) (laughs) After I just like, just beat you to death, then I'm going to encourage you. And the encouragement would be the end. All right. Now, the true source of sin is the lust of a man's heart. That's right. And when I say man, that includes women too. The true source of sin is the lust of our heart. Because God says, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. You know what's being born? You're going to think this is true here in a minute. But what's being born... Is sin. Now, twins, it's torment, but it's (laughs) sin. Sin is birthed. But you know who births? We do. That's right. The word drawn away means to entice to sin. A man is drawn away of his own lust, he's enticed to sin by his own lust. Now, This is not an outward enticement. It comes from within us. We actually, if you think of of fishing, Brother Dan, if you think of fishing, we reel ourselves in. Here's what we do. We bait the hook for ourselves. We cast the bait that we know that we'll bite on. We set the hook in ourselves We catch ourselves, and as the scripture puts it, we are entrapped, which is the definition of that final word, enticed. He said that when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. But how's that happen? Lust reels us in. But you know who's doing it? We're doing it. We're reeling ourselves in. We're, We're setting the bait. We're allowing the temptation that we know we'll bite on to to remain in our lives. We dwell on it. We think on it. We revisit it. We bring up the pictures. We bring up the images. We sit and think about it. And when we sit and think about it, what happens is it says that eventually it will birth into sin. 
Now, we allow the lust in our hearts and we allow it to give birth to sin. And eventually that which we gave life to in birth is the very thing that will destroy us. Listen, we give it life. We give the very thing life that will destroy us. It's like if you go out and, and plan a little plan and, and, and uh, you know, out to house, I'm, I'm trying to, to keep these plants alive that my dad and, and I planted together some little pepper plants and, and some tomato plants. And, 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 and I'm trying to, I don't know how long that they'll live and produce, but I'm trying to keep them alive. But, you know, when you plant that, then it comes and it, it comes and bears fruit. Well, that, that's what God is saying. We actually plant and nurture and fertilize and water the very thing that when it comes forth will kill us. Because we just keep playing with it. That's why it says in verse 15, Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. There's this illustration, a little story that uh, a fellow named Perellos of Athens was an ancient Greek who thought that a really excruciating method of execution, uh, you know, if he came up a, with an incredible method of execution, that that would persuade citizens uh, not to violate the law. So he invented one. It was called the brazen bull, a bronze sculpture that you'd stuff full of a criminal. You take this bronze bull and you put a criminal inside of it. Then you'd set a blaze from underneath it and let it burn and you would listen as he screams as he's being roasted alive. And the smoke would come forth of the bull's nostrils. And they thought, you know, if people who are considering, you know, violating the law, if they watch this happen, they'd think, I don't think I want to violate the law. Well, let me just help you. It's probably true that if I watched that, I probably, whatever I was considering doing, I probably would reconsider. But he presented the idea to a Sicilian nobleman, Phalaris, who said something along these lines. Now, it's kind of, you know, these are different words than he used, but I'm, these are the words. He said something like this. He said, dude, that's messed up. <laughs> now, he probably said a little bit different. <laughs> and he said, hey, why don't you get inside and show me how those screams will sound? And this really happened. Polaros did and then demonstrated some very authentic screaming as Polaris's henchman lit the fire. While he was inside, Perleros gave birth to the thought, an image of evil in his heart and mind. He birthed that thought and it came to fruition and it killed him. When he crawled in there to demonstrate how it would work, they demonstrated it for real with him. That's crazy, isn't it? But that's the way we do. We get, he got this image in his mind. He created this bull. He created this whole warped kind of thought, the way to, to kill somebody, to burn them alive, listen to them scream, watch the smoke come out the nose. Wow, this is a cool idea. And then he died from it. But that's what we do with sin. Yes, this is such a fun thing. And it's killing us. Right. 
Hey, y'all remember I said I'd just be encouraging? <laughs> Anybody encouraged so far? But this is what's, what lust does to us. Now, here's two things that I want us to remember, and, and I'm done. I mean, those two things may take a while, but I'll be done. <laughs> Verse 13 says, There is no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Your escape is through, the, through prayer and determination. See, God says there is no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. You, you know, sometimes we, we condemn people and we look down on people because they succumb to some temptation. Oh, guess what? The, the temptation that comes, it comes to everybody. Yes, That's right, amen. But it says, God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape. God says, whatever temptation comes in your life, he says, it does not have to conquer you. There is a way of escape. He said that you may be able to bear it or withstand it. So your escape, I'm going to just tell you, the way to escape these temptations God has made for us, I believe, is through prayer and determination. Jesus said concerning prayer, he said this, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God said if we'll pray and we'll yield to him, we can be delivered from the temptation and delivered from the evil that that temptation will take us to. Now, this is a prayer for God's providential help in our daily confrontation with sin. The scripture also says, though, about Jesus, when he's facing his own death, it said he set his face like a flint toward Jerusalem. You know, there's some determination that has to be in this thing. We just have to decide that we're going we're gonna to fight the sin that it comes at us. Nobody is above temptation, but watch this. Everybody in here has the same God that, to deliver us from the temptation. We can be delivered. Quit giving in. Quit giving up. We can be delivered through the strength and power of God. But it takes a little bit of determination of your own. And you say, how's determination fit in there? Well, listen to me. If, if you know that you've got a problem with drinking, then let me just tell you, it'd probably be wise not to go to the bar. Okay. If you got a problem with something and, and, and a place really brings you temptation to do whatever that something is, don't go there. Do you understand? Don't go there. None of us are above temptation. But we can set up some parameters and, and, some, and protection to keep us from, from succumbing to the temptation. Now, God gives us two ways. He gives us determination of the heart, and he gives us prayer for power and for strength and for guidance. That means you depend on God, and then God says, okay, but you're the human being down there. I'm going to give you the strength and power, but now you better put feet to what I'm telling you. So people, please, you got to understand, there's some places y'all not go. Right. There's some smells y'all not smell. There's some things y'all not see. Amen. Amen, bro. Because to go there, to do that, to be in that situation, you're going to fall. That's right. Now, 
Now, secondly, this final thing, the scripture says that death, now here's, here's I'm, I'm at my encouragement now. Okay, you ready? Hey. <laughs> You're ready because it's getting later. <laughs> yeah. The scripture, listen to this now, and this is just, this is, this is exciting to me. And, I, you know, I'm suddenly, my brain, I think I know what I did to my, to my, to my, to my thing here. You know what I did? I just bet I did. Yeah, but I did. <laughs> I put the battery in backwards. Oh, man. See what I do for testing my own batteries? Look at this. Watch this. It works. I'm, I'm under temptation right now. There's a lot of things I'm thinking. Th All right. <clears throat> now, look, you've heard this statement before. Sin will take you further than you want to go. Sin will make you stay longer than you want to stay. And sin will make you pay more than you want to pay. Now, but watch this now. It says that this will happen. Death will happen. But here's the misconception. We believe sin brings death. But hold on now. Don't, don't, don't crucify me up here and won't put me in that bull. Sin doesn't bring death. Sin when it is finished. Now this was exciting to me. Sin when it is finished. You know, the wages of sin is death. But can I tell you, when you pay that wage, when it's finished. Now, this ought to be exciting to you. I hope it will be. This takes place when it is finished. Death comes when it is finished. Sin, when it is finished, brings death. Spiritual and, and physical death often. This means, and listen to this now. This means until sin is finished, there is hope for everybody in this room. That's good. Amen. You know, sometimes the old devil convinces us that we're done, we're, it's over, we give up, you might as well quit. And listen to me, somebody sitting here right now, from the looks of some of your faces, that's the way you're feeling. But I wanna, I'm here to tell you, this is encouraging. It's not finished yet. It's not, am I on? No, I don't put it on my head yet. It's amazing what you have to do to make these things work. This thing's been recording my heartbeat for the last 10 minutes. The, look, when sin is finished, do you understand? No matter how bad you have messed up, if you're alive and breathing this morning, it ain't finished yet. It has not finished yet. He's after you. And, and watch it. Here's the lie that he wants to deceive you with. He wants to tell you that you are finished. He wants to tell you that it is over. It is not over. Sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Man, this is exciting to me. Listen, sin doesn't bring death to me. Sin, when it is finished. And it's not finished yet. Sin is not finished with you. Sin is not finished with me. And therefore, there is hope. When is sin finished? Sin is finished. Listen to this. Sin is finished when it has conquered you. Sin is finished when you stop trying to fight it. 
Sin is finished when you allow it to reign in your life. And listen, watch this now, watch this. You think, oh, well, well maybe it's finished with me because it seemed like it's conquered me. Or, or, or I'm not sure I'm really fighting it. Or, when you allow it to reign in your life. But listen to me, if you're here right now and if you're miserable about your sin, it's not finished. Because the conviction of God's still in your life. The Holy Spirit's still working in your life. And it's telling you, you know what you've been into? It's not right. You know what you've been into? It's hurting you. You know what I've been doing? I need to stop it. And the Holy Spirit's telling you, it's not finished yet. Sin is finished when you refuse to see sin as sin anymore. And that's what the devil tries to get you to do. What he tries to get you to do, he tries to get you to the point where you just start saying, okay, look, I, you know, I, I'm tired of being, I'm tired of feeling guilty about this. I'm tired of feeling wrong about this. You know what? I'm just going to decide it's not wrong. I'm just going to decide that it's not hurting me. I, I, I'm going to decide it, it's like the, it's a victimless crime. Hey, can you do understand there are no victimless crimes? You're still the victim. If conviction is in your soul over the sin in your life, then sin is not finished. Sin is not finished. What we must do, we must run to God. You must fight the lust. You must refuse the sights and sounds and smells and images and memories and feelings in the places that feed your lust. Hey, the scripture said, Lord, lead us not into temptation. Jesus said, you cannot be on the path of temptation if you're on the path to submission to the Spirit of God. They're two different paths. And you can't be on the path of temptation if you're on a path of submission. Amen. Yes, the wages of sin is death. But listen to this. This is why it says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, if sin must bring death, then how can God give me life then? Because sin, in this case, is not finished. The wages of sin is death. That means when you finally get ready to pay for your sin, when it's finished and you're going to have to pay for it, it's going to be death. But God said, you know what? It's not finished yet. And he said, since it's not finished yet, you can accept my gift of eternal life. It's available and it's provided for you right now. Sin does not have to win. Do you understand that? It doesn't have to win. Anybody got saying amen somewhere? Aren't you tired of it winning? Let me tell you, if it's winning, you're letting it win. When I sin, I've let sin win. I've allowed it to consume my mind. I've allowed it to take me places mentally I don't need to go. I've allowed it to take me to thoughts I don't need to think. I've allowed it to allow me to consider things that I, don't, I should never consider. And what it's done is it's germinating and it's birthing sin in my life. But watch this. I can still live because sin's not finished yet. In Christ, we have authority and power over sin. When sin is finished, it bringeth forth pain. But when Jesus was finished, he brought forth pardon. Sin lies and says that he is death, but he is not. His finished work is death. 
All men are sinners. But 1 John 2, 1 says, My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Now look, if I'm already dead because I've sinned, he said that, that you sin not. And if any man sin, now if I'm dead because I've sinned, then why do I need an advocate? I'm already dead. No, that sin is not finished yet. It's not finished yet. And every time I commit a sin, and folks, let me help you, it's very seldom. I'm just kidding. I'm like everybody else. I battle everything. Every, every other human being battles. I have the same, same battles. Now, I have learned some things. I, I've learned not to go some places with my eyes. I've learned some things. I've learned not to go some places with my ears. I've learned some things. I don't need to go some places with, with some smells. And I can't smell very much. I tell everybody, my smeller don't work very well. I can't smell, but I can stink. But I can't. I, but I don't care. I don't need to go. I don't need some taste in my mouth. I just don't need to be in certain environments. Hey, let me just say, I don't need to be alone with any other woman other than my wife. You say, Brother Hooker, do you have a problem? Every man's got a problem. And you, watch this, the man that don't think he has a problem, he's really got a problem. Okay? Because he will then open the door for sin. And he said, I can go wherever I want to go. I can do whatever I want to do. Again, that's the whole mentality of this generation. I can do whatever I want to do. I can go wherever I want to go because God loves me and there's nothing wrong with it. God does love you. And, and watch this. He'll let you go wherever you want. He'll let you see whatever you want to see. He'll let you smell whatever you want to smell. He'll let you drink whatever you want to drink. He'll let you do whatever you want to do. But watch this. He's already warned you that that is lust. And lust, when it can see, bringeth forth sin and sin. When it is finished, bringeth forth death. And there's a whole lot of them that death is coming to them because sin's about to finish with them. But I just want to encourage you today. Sin doesn't have to win. Amen? It does not have to win. My wife will always tell me, she said, Rob, you, you, you almost always leave one bite of food on your plate. And I do. I almost always, unless it's ice cream, leave <laughs> one bite of food on my plate. You know why I do that? I can't stand for anything to control me. I, 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 I don't want to be controlled. But by God. I want God to control me. But every other thing, I, I just I, I fight against it. I, I don't want food to control me. I don't want I don't want any kind of drink to control me. I, you know, I went to uh, about three years ago. I just said, you know, I'm going to stop, you know, drinking drinking coffee. I, I pretty much just bam said I'm going to stop drinking coffee. Well, I didn't really say it. God said you're going to stop drinking coffee, and so I, you know what? I, I, I've uh, pretty much eliminated of uh, 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 doing that because I just don't want to be controlled control. And, and listen to me, that's when death is on its way, is when sin controls you. 
What's in your life right now? What's in my life right now? We've got to give control back to God. He said, my little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. He's saying, please don't sin. Don't do it. Don't excuse it. Don't make it acceptable. Don't say, I'm just human. Well, God already knows you're just human. And he said, I write this to you that you sin not. But he also knows you. And he said, but if any man sin." Guess what? You have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the Lord. The question is more who will win the battle with sin? We're in a battle right now, and we can win that battle by submission to God. Whatever's in your life, if you'll give that to God right now, you say, you see, I'm talking about if you know, and look, if you know in your heart right now there's a sin, there's, there's, let's take it even to a weight. God calls them sometimes weight. Those things that, that may be not or, or stated sins, but they're, you know what they're doing? They're keeping you from God. They're keeping you from growing for God. There's things that just control you. There's, there's, watch this. Men get so caught up into so many other things that they can easily take us from God. I was, I was walking and praying one night, and, one, and I walked down to the, to the little pond, and, and I always keep my little rod and reel down there. It's, it's worth like a dollar and a half, and the only good lure I had, I snapped it off yesterday because the rod sits out in the rain, and, and the reel, when I cast it, it locked up and the lure went out there, and I spent an hour, an hour trying to cast, trying to catch her lure. <laughs> but I didn't get it. But I walked out there one night, and I, and I thought, you know, while I'm praying, I'll just fish. And God said, are you really concentrating on me? And I said, Lord, the disciples were fishermen. <laughs> and I can talk and cast. And he said, why don't you put that down? Now, look, is it something horrible? It's a weight. God just said, that's just taking your concentration away. What's taking your concentration away from God? Do you really have a prayer time where you just set aside everything and say, I want total quiet, I want my mind on God? Do you have something in your life where you say, I've justified it because I'm tired of fighting it? So what I did was I decided it's not wrong. Listen, the wages of sin is death. So one day, if God has not eternally paid for your sin, you will pay an eternal death. But when he said, sin when it is finished bringeth forth death, he's talking about, I believe, this living human body that we live in right now. If we let it come to fruition, it's going to destroy us physically and spiritually. Let's stop it now.
That's encouraging to me because it's not finished yet. Father, I pray that you bless, Lord Jesus.